Welcome to episode seven of Off the Charts podcast with me, Maria Coughlin. And me, Brian August Sullivan. We are back for another episode. Do you know what I, do you know what I love saying? We're back. <laughs> we are back. That's our new slogan. We I are think back. the public know and they're not happy about it, but we are back. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what was actually so frustrating? I was listening to uh, episode six with Baskerville and uh, you asked me like, we we took a couple of months uh hiatus. hiatus. Ah, hey. <laughs> hey. Um yeah, me coke. But uh um, You're on sabbatical. <laughs> my sandwich. Uh, <laughs> but I was listening back to uh that interview and you asked me had I any news? And I was like, No, not really. Uh, I was busy work. And it was only after I got off that we did the interview, I was like, Oh my god! You've done like, so much since then. I've done so much. I've went to about a million gigs, and like I've booked holidays, and I've I've just done a lot of things. But it, it you were like a deer caught in the headlights, I think. Yeah, like do you know if you were if you go into town and you see an old friend that you haven't seen in like a year, but you've done so much in your year, and they're like, "Hey, any news?" And you're like, "No, yeah. not really. no," because if you started to get into it, you just be you'd there never for ages. Sh- you'd never shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get you to shut up. Uh, yeah. So. But do fill us in, honestly, because even like music related stuff, like you've done so much. Yeah. So like I went to, just I went to my Phila concerts. I went to uh big concerts like in in the Tree Arena, which weren't that impressive, unfortunately. Ooh, um, shade has and, been thrown. <laughs> don't want to name any names, but it rhymes with Schmabby Schmilliams. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was. He did not entertain you. <laughs> His lesser known song, the B side song. Uh, but yeah, I just paid a lot of money and just wasn't impressed. Um, unfortunately, he was just there to get the money. I th- I feel. Um, yeah. don't get me wrong, it was still still a good night. We made the best of it, but like there was better crack on the loose after the after the gig. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like we we there was a big sing song and everyone was having the crack, and I was like. This is way better. I can see the headline now. Better crack on Lewis after <laughs> Schmabby Williams concert. No one knows what that is. It's a, it's a code. It's it's an unbreakable code. Uh, but yeah, so that like that was really disappointing. But then I went to like we had Modern Love on our first series of podcasts, and they played in in Dolan's in, oh, how in my was local, that? and it was unbelievable. Amazing. You know, I'm just... still pinching myself that we got to interview them. That's class. Yeah, that was really cool. But it was just unbelievable the comparison. Like they're up and coming, so they obviously want to plan a good gig. Robbie Williams. Oh no, I said the name. No, <laughs> no! the code has been broken. Carthews <laughs> dog. Damn it! Uh, I hope we don't get him for the podcast. But uh, but he's not going to come on now after listening to this, Robbie, for listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's just like it's just interesting the the comparisons once you've hit a certain. What would you even say once once you've been around for so long? It's just is is it. Yeah, he's peaked, you and now to, it's yeah. like now it's like you just hold he's out the microphone in. and let the crowd sing it back to you. Like you don't even have to try. That's literally what he did. He yeah. sang like a verse and then let the crowd sing the the chorus. And I was like, "But I paid the I, I'm you a sing. crap singer. I don't want to." <laughs> yeah. Uh, apart from that, <clears throat> I uh, yeah went to my fair share of gigs, big and small. Um, also went to the darts for any darts fans on this uh, podcast over in that's it yes <laughs> 180 180 <laughs> when, when we get our 180th episode I will say that <laughs> we're oh, on episode number 7 that'll be the day <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that was an experience in this episode that was absolutely amazing. So I would recommend it for anyone that has any bit of an interest in that. It was unbelievable and it's actually well priced and well run. So, so yeah. Do you, um, do you work for them, do you? It's one job, do you? I will take this time for our new sponsor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, enough about me. Do you have any news? I feel like if I keep asking you, you're just going to keep talking about your wedding. I know. Honestly, I don't think I can top what you've just said. To be to be quite honest, um, okay. I, then let's let, let's, let's no, stop then. <laughs> let's not labor on it. Honestly, like my life is rather uh, uneventful, other than the the constant planning. So yeah, you hey, yes. you're a grown up. We, we're leading separate lives. It's fine. <laughs> so on this week's episode, we chatted to a young gentleman by the name of Dylan Jack. Now that's Dylan with an O, not an A. Spelling B. D-Y-L-O-N. Oh, 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 Dylan. Oh, Dylan. And he, even by his name, he is a very unique young fellow, isn't he? Honestly, we had a great time t- chatting to Dylan. We had such crack. Like, Yeah, he's such laughed, a legend. He's laughed constantly. Full, he is full of energy. He's just... Yeah, he's, can... like a, he's like a Duracell bunny. Honestly, <laughs> he is so much fun. Without the hair. <laughs> I was going to say without the ears, but whatever. He has ears. <laughs> Oh, the funny years. Anyway, he's full of energy, <laughs> full of fun. But behind all of that is a really thoughtful, emotional individual. You know what I mean? Like his his songwriting and and, and the the writing of his lyrics, um, they're just so confessional and and personal. Like, what, what would you what would you say about? Yeah, that? it's 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 weird because when you meet Dylan, he's just again, as you said, big ball of energy, and you'll, ha- you'll literally have the crack with him. And you could talk about anything and it segues into other conversations and it's just you're always smiling and laughing when you're when you're with Dylan. Yeah, for talking sure. to Dylan. But then if you've never met him and you listen to his music, you're like, oh, my God, this is so personal. And, you know, he, he writes a lot about um, relationship issues and breakups. And yeah, but like also like has a lot of bops. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I know we, we said about it in episode six, but this man also has a lot of range. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, absolutely. And uh, like, I don't know, is alt pop is a kind of a a phrase thrown around these days. What does that mean? I know what you're going to say. Pop means popular music. Alt pop means alternative popular music. It's yes. contradicting itself, Maria. I know, but... And look, I won't I have that what... on this podcast. <laughs> I won't have it. I don't... Listen, I don't know what Dylan would describe his music as. However, it's like, it's not like cookie cutter pop music. You know, like it is... What? what? Cookie cutter? <laughs> have you never heard that phrase before? Cookie cutter? Well, clearly I have when I asked you, cookie cutter? Cookie? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, right? I'm not even going to go into it, Breen, because you're an idiot. Uh, but <laughs> you, what, what you don't want is to be described as cookie cutter. And Dylan is definitely not cookie cutter pop music. It's like he has a bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan's... Uh, I. It's very hard to describe uh, what... What he even sounds like, because like I, I personally feel he has the voice very similar to the lead singer of the nineteen seventy five. Oh yeah, yeah, good um, chat. Yeah, and again, I've seen him. I've I've seen a good few of his gigs live. T- uh, I was fortunate enough, um, before and after COVID to to attend. But I've seen him at gigs where he's just been all acoustic, and it's been very like low and just his his voice is just absolutely amazing mm. but then I've recently seen him and again you'll hear it in the interview and he had a backing track behind him and like 
all his he acoustic songs. Up. They were turned into bops and then like a different person comes out and he's just, he's bopping around the stage and it's just, wow, it's... Yeah. A different show. That's it yeah. Is. It's completely it's... different, yeah. So yeah, he's able, he's able to do both, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. So we caught up with Dylan when we first asked him about his experience with supporting Modern Love on two of their Irish headline tour dates and how he felt receiving the news. All right, so I've I've been a big Modern Love fanboy for fucking years. I'm not going to lie. Um, like three three years now or something like that. I've been listening to them nonstop. And um, I, I think they, ju- they had just released Don't Want It back in like February, March or something like that. And uh, I put it on my story. I was like, I fucking love this tune. I love this band. I love them. I love them, whatever. <laughs> and then the next day, get a text. Uh, yeah, so you're supporting them in... Middle East and Do- Dolan's. So I was just like, what? It was, and I was just like, okay, yeah, cool. Give that. I was actually in work. I was, I was unloading the delivery. I dropped to my knees and just started crying and ran out to my mom. And I was like, mom, mom, I'm kicking with them. So I was like, oh. And she said, get back to work. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, you're not on your break now, Dylan. Why are you on your at the deli. <laughs> oh, geez, you wouldn't want to get a roll made off me. <laughs> I can assure you that anyway. That, but... is, that is a completely different conversation. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I tend to do that. I go off on tangents. But um, the the actual gig itself, um, I think, was probably the best half an hour of my life. Um, To be honest, like from, from minute one, I, I walked out and then there was this big reaction for me. And then people just started chanting my name. And that was it. I was in it. And um. I, I always I used to listen to people artists do interviews and be like um, they'd say like oh sometimes you get lost in the heat of it all and it doesn't feel like you're controlling yourself it feels like there's a higher power coming over and I'd always be like oh bullshit fuck off <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what for the first time ever I genuinely felt that I felt so loose and I just kind of like I felt invincible for half an hour I'm not gonna lie and it was it was incredible um and to, to, I don't know, just to make that much noise and to finally be able to put my songs out in their full form in a gig, because they were my first time playing the gigs with the full sound and everything. So, um, yeah, I was chuffed. I was chuffed. I, um, they really, they really couldn't have gone too much better. But that, that Dolan's one on the Friday, especially just, I don't know, it kind of lit a fire under my ass as well. And I was just like, right, this is it. This is what I want to do, because if I can do this every night, then or every few nights or whatever, then that is the dream. And I couldn't think of anything else that I'd want to do with my time. Yeah. Well, speaking as someone who was there, you absolutely killed it. You absolutely did. And I've seen you a few times, but you were fucking amazing that night. So well done. Well, thank you very much. Uh, no bother. What I also wanted to ask was, as you kind of mentioned there, that was your first night that you had the full sound, your backing track behind you. So yeah. at previous gigs I'd seen you, you had warmed up for, uh, or sorry, you'd supported uh, John Darty, Blit Lowers, mm-hmm. also in Dolan's, and it was just you and your guitar. So what yeah. made you change from just acoustic to <clears throat> your, your full sound? Um, when I, when obviously, like, I still write everything on, like, my acoustic guitar. Like, I'm always just writing, because that's all, I, I don't know how to produce or anything. I'm kind of shit at music, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I think you're really, really selling it here, Dylan. <laughs> oh, I'm really good at selling myself, obviously. But um, no, I like the music, the musical side of things. I'm genuinely not that amazing at it. I, or at least I wouldn't say I am. Do you know, I see other people do it and I'm just like, wow, I wish I was you. But um, I, I like, I think when I, I originally, 
like I had the songs written on an acoustic guitar or whatever ages ago and I was sending them out to studios being like hey does anybody want to take me and we'll record these songs and we'll get famous and we'll have all these nice things and then not one studio got back to me not one so I was like oh okay never mind and then one day this girl just recommended Adam who makes my tunes and she goes oh have you tried this guy he's just after starting up a studio went up met him and then on the first day we actually made director so um and that was it for the two of us he he was I just because I I say to anytime I'm working with someone who is uh, an artist as well no matter what form I'm just like you take control you take complete ownership I'm like I've written it but if you think this is going to sound good you do it and if it doesn't sound good then we can take it away so I'm just like it's the same with artwork if I have anybody do artwork for me or something I'm just like you take what you think of it or you know take your own find your own meaning and you know use it and be you and just completely lose it so that I met Adam and I was like do whatever you want to this song man and that was it we did director and first day and then we both kind of had the you know that handshake after where we were like yeah this this might work out so we're you know we're still recording to this day with him so yeah it's been great so he was the main reason why this whole change up and sound happened it sounds like you've had some really good times so far with the gig and and it sounds like there's maybe some new material to come because is it true that you are working on your debut ep oh uh the rumors hey, are true hey, oh, oh, people um, have been talking yeah <laughs> the rumors are true yes yes um it's actually complete pretty much wow uh, okay amazing the i just have to get a, a few more like mixes and masters on it but like the songs themselves they're all done um i'm in the midst of making all the cover work and all the artwork for it um, at the moment and like i don't know if you can see this but i have a big giant whiteboard behind me here yeah. and that's like my to-do list for the ep so there's a lot there but like yeah. i'm slowly getting through it but yes the ep exactly. is going it's going to be coming um and it's going to be coming quite soon as well excellent uh, an off the charts exclusive um so yeah. tune being mysterious i like that without without <laughs> saying like too much about it because i'm sure you want to you know maintain a level of mystery but like can you tell us how many tracks will be on it or can, or can you tell us is it like a combination of tracks that you've previously recorded that you've maybe redone or you're putting it on the ep mm-hmm. or is it like totally new unheard material um it's a that's uh, nah, all new stuff really um actually no i tell a lie it's not <laughs> <laughs> i've already released two of the songs from it actually um, i i'm not putting out anything but it'll be in a new context because it'll be Abs- in a body abs- of work you know? yeah yeah and that's what i'm excited about and the whole kind of the concept i you know, i suppose i'll give you the title of it because i've actually already accidentally gave it to hot press and they published it so i was like oh <laughs> shit um, how did you accidentally give it to them uh because i did i just i wasn't thinking when i was writing my pr and i just popped the name of it in and they put it in the magazine i was like oh false oh lord <laughs> um, save us but uh, yeah so the concept it's well it's called something never quite love so there's your there's your nice your exclusive um, so something never quite love and then it's five tracks and um, they're all songs about uh, something never quite love um, they're all maybes um, or, or nearly do you know those kind of like I'm all right I'm not gonna lie right I'm awful in like 
situations of talking to people who are situations. I love the way you put both your hands up with situations. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't even we... know how to talk about it. Like that's how bad I am. I am fucking awful in this kind of shit. So instead of actually talking to women, I just pretend that I am and write about it, even though it's not happening. Like all these songs, none of them are actually about people who I've talked to. These aren't real life experiences. These are like ideas in my head that I'm just like, oh, well, okay. This I saw, like this, I saw this in a movie once. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, some it, there's some role play going on here, some character fiction. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> feisty role play. Um, yeah. So no, um, it's it's um, do you know what? This has been in the work for such a long time. Like the first song from the EP we made about two years ago, three years ago, um. But yeah, so I'm I'm just really excited to get it out and to have actually my first kind of body of work. It finally feels like um like all the work that I've put into it kind of finally starting to pay off a small little bit. Not fully, but it's getting there and it's piece by piece. Like it's it's been a it's been a bit of a longer process than I would have liked. But you know, you gotta roll with whatever you get. Just want to pick you up on something you said there about it maybe taking longer than you would have liked so we did we we deep dive a lot when we mm. prepare for these interviews and uh we picked up from your instagram one of your posts that you don't like to rush things so like would you call yourself a perfectionist do you consider that to be a good thing or is that something like you, you wish you weren't like that it would take so so much time or like what are the sort of pros and cons of your approach um i think i don't like to rush things because i'm lazy <laughs> so you just say that you don't like to rush things and yeah. really it suits you perfectly absolutely <laughs> who wouldn't it suit um no but in all honesty um you know I suppose at times I can be a bit of a perfectionist and whenever I am I hate it because I just drive myself up the walls um like I had a I had a studio session a few weeks ago only and I was up in the studio seven hours in there and I didn't write one single word because I just couldn't get anything out of me. And I, I like, I'm an emotional little boy. I'm not going to lie. Like I walked out of the studio tearing up because I didn't write anything. And I was just so annoyed at myself. I was like really, really pissed off. So I do, I like, I do expect like out of me because I know I have already written really good stuff in my opinion. I don't know if that's up my own hole. It is, it is. We're okay. We like you. We like you. We like it. I, I just, I know I have it in me to write really good stuff. So when I'm not writing really good, it's like, they'll snap out of it. You need to do better. So yeah, I don't like to rush things, but at the same time, I think, I think if you, I think you kind of have to put a deadline on yourself sometimes. So you do make, make stuff. I really, I really try to take my time and make sure I get it as good as I can. But then I also have to slap myself out of it and be like, look, I know, you know, but that's the thing. You nearly, you just have to kind of take it one step at a time, mm-hmm. you know. But um, like like you said there, it's it's obviously been that's been one of your challenges is kind of overcoming that pressure and overcoming that want to be a perfectionist. So that would be kind of like an emotional challenge over everything. It is. It's more emotionally draining than anything. Yeah. Um. It it wreaks havoc on me half the time, and like I have so many bad days because it's just like this music thing is just like oh. But then the days where it is good, it's so good that you just you realize why you go through the bad days to live the good ones again. Dylan, when you when you do release 
this EP, would you like to get straight into touring it? Or what do you think your plan might be? Um, if I was given the chance to do a full support tour, um, I would hop on that straight away without a shadow of a doubt. Like that's for me, I think, yeah, I have plenty of songs kind of ready to go and stuff, but I um I really want to focus on getting out there live now. You know, I really, I really, really do. Um I think I think a support slot on a tour, that's probably the dream. Um if I get it, great. If I don't, I'll keep going until I do. And that's the only way I can put it. Like it is, um, you know, and I, I really like what actually one of my favorite things about gigging is, is it's actually afterwards just meeting people and just oh, talking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, the networking that goes on. Yeah, it's really nice. Like it's just, it's just really calm. And I, I really enjoy that side of it more, more than most things. Um, like I wouldn't have met Brian otherwise before. Very true, if, yeah. God help you. <laughs> I mean, look at you. <laughs> I mean, he's been the worst member of every crowd I've had since I've met him. I won't stop crowds. heckling you, <laughs> yeah. jackass. Yeah, I'm sure. Again, we'll be getting that into that one in a few. <laughs> so, for the people who don't know, I first saw Dylan supporting John Darty of Little Hours a couple of years ago uh, in Dolan's, and if it wasn't for the whole networking after the gig, you actually came out. You watched uh, Little Hours as well, and we got chatting after the gig, and that's basically how I know you. But mm-hmm. it's ne- it's nearly really nice to get to know certain people. Obviously, other artists aren't very aren't the friendliest. They might just go off, and that's it. But like a lot of people, really do like to meet their fans and just converse and network and socialize. But after it, and I think that's that's kind of half the battle. Like if you were if you were kind of okay on stage, or you you were good, but you weren't amazing, but you came out afterwards. That's going to be a story to tell other people. Yeah. The next time, and they're like, "Oh no, he he was good, but like he could be really better." But he was so sound when he came out, and he's really nice, and that would nearly want to entice you to invest in your music more. Why do you think I do it? I'm kind of shit. Come out, say hi after. You're not man. Said. <laughs> no. You're not man. You're good. I'm, Will you stop? I'm taking the piss. I'm taking the piss. I'm class. <laughs> uh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> Finally, we got that out of it. Besides music, yeah. What is your next biggest passion because again from what we've seen you are big into photography is that right uh photography would probably be up there i have a giant tattoo of a camera on my arm oh, wow. um yeah yeah so that probably helps but uh, it, it would actually be a cross-up between photography and rugby um okay. which is i don't talk about rugby an awful lot on my instagram or anything but i eat sleep breathe and fucking i just everything rugby um He's a Dylan Jack of all trades. Oh, no. Ah, yes. No. Yes. He's actually got that one in. No. Maria. Yeah, I love it. I'll just, I'll just clap the hands here now. For you. Just be like, yeah, well done. But uh, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, like the with photography, that's just something I picked up over the last um, couple of years. Um, I, uh, I just bought myself a camera. And I bought, but I ended up buying this really nice lens, and everything I took just seemed like it was a really nice photo. So I would always just bring my camera then to, um, do you know, like if we were going to a party with my mates or we're going out in an event, like I just have the camera with me. And now it's become a kind of thing here. It's like if I don't have the camera, people are shocked. Um, <laughs> every night out, like the last one we had, and it was Halloween up here, and none of us remembered what happened on Halloween. However, the camera told us half the story. It's like in the hangover. 
<laughs> yeah yeah or like uh, it's happened on so many occasions now like even um i brought it over to budapest myself and six or seven of my mates we went over to Sigit festival and uh like the the amount of pictures that we still to this day three years later look at and be like that was such an amazing moment that's that's what i love about photography is the the whole Catch you know in the moment it's the nostalgia kick like yeah. you just go over your best moments and you're just like wow i can't believe i've done that like you know, it, it just helps you relive it again. And I love that. Does photography and music ever intertwine? As in, do you take photos and you might, like, as you said, look back at photos of your friends or anything and you're like, oh, do you know, I, I, I have a feeling from that or I might write a song about that or are they are music and photography ever intertwined? Or even even rugby for that, for that matter? Um, rugby definitely not intertwined with the music. Um, <laughs> r- rugby is just something I love too much like nice try like i oh no (laughs) stop this these puns are getting worse and worse sorry i'll convert myself back sorry um um, (laughs) i have um i have a monster tattoo on me as well beside my camera yeah oh oh, wow of the stag or what no i have the three crowns oh cool so um yeah like so yeah rugby as much as i love it nothing to do with music photography on the other hand though sometimes you can catch a really cool picture and you can look at that and you go, there's a store like a, what's the saying? A picture paints a thousand words, you know, and it, it is like that. Sometimes you kind of look at it and you go, Jesus, there's some words to be said about this photo. What are those things? It's for me to rack my brain and try to find out. But yeah, I would say that the two of them are quite intertwined. Um, and as well, because for me, um, I find like money, I'm not going to lie, or sorry, uh, music is such a it's such an expensive thing if you're not signed. And unfortunately, I am not signed. Um, not yet. Yes. Um, but um, pending. Yeah, hopefully anyway. But it's just like it's so expensive that I kind of try to do as much as I can to take that extra bit of cost. So it's like I will do my own artwork now instead of paying someone to do it. And I'll I'll do the artwork and I'll do the photography and I'll do the Instagram. Do you know, I'll do all that kind of stuff myself to help save money. So um, it's kind of become really important in the whole music thing, the photography for me. Um, and yeah, it's, you just you just never know. Like sometimes you just you just get a picture and you're like, that's the next cover. It it kind of sounds very like very admirable, first of all, that you're actually doing that yourself, but it sounds like very stressful to a point. Like you're doing a lot of things yourself. Do you ever take a step back and just like, okay, what is a what's a stress reliever for you? Like what do you do to blow off steam? Or is that music? Music probably isn't my my stress reliever now. Um like I said, I still love it, but it's it's not my stress reliever. It 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 because I'm trying to make it my job. It has become a lot more stressful, and I don't, I really, really don't think people realize how much genuinely actually goes into making tunes. Because even me, as someone who wanted to do it, I didn't realize how much goes into it, and I I I still like I spend so many hours just tediously looking at a laptop screen trying to make something. And then sometimes you're still told you're not doing enough and you're just like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like I'm writing the songs, I'm making my artwork, I'm doing my photos. Um, I'm, I'm working a full-time job so I can pay to go to the fucking studio to record this shit. And yet you're just getting mad at me because I'm not making some stupid fucking TikToks. <laughs> do, do you know what it like? This is, God, I hate TikTok. I was like, what more do you want me to fucking do? And then there's um, a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like, see, it, yeah, I'm in a bit of a weird place with that. Like, I, 
I do, I do think, you know, I, I probably have a personality good enough for TikTok, but at the same time... You're buried I'm, in your phone all the time then. I'm not mm. fucking 10 either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm 24 trying to write songs about how I'm feeling and things. And I'm like, I don't want to be going on being like, hey, guys, do you want to hear this new tune that I just wrote? Whoa. <laughs> you know, like fucking... Oh, like, I'd watch that. No, like it's over the top. <laughs> It's just so over the top and, you know, I like to have fun and stuff and I'll be over the top on stage when I'm with people, but just not on a fucking phone screen. It feels so fake to me. Yeah, yeah. it does, yeah. It's yeah. another layer that if it's not coming to you naturally, I think it is, you are just forcing it for the sake of saying, yeah. I and have a social media presence and I'm on all these platforms. Like, even, like, I don't know if you've seen the last few days, like, I actually have got quite a, a good amount of comments about these tally things that I've started on my story. <laughs> Um, I, was, I was going to talk about that later, but okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Brian wait. mentioned this earlier on. So funny. Um, so <laughs> go yeah, on, go on. You can talk about it. Yeah, I was there in work about two weeks ago, right? Now, I've been working in retail for eight years, right? So it's long enough to know what kind of way people are going to be acting and stuff, yeah? So I, um, I, I just... I just sometimes you just think to yourself, what the fuck am I doing having these same conversations over and over and over again? I was like, I was like, you can nearly guarantee what someone is going to say before they even open their mouth. So I started making these tallies at work and I decide a topic every day and then uh, I make tally and then I put it every time someone says it, uh, I (laughs) mark it off. So like usually on Fridays now, it's pretty easy because everyone just goes, oh, Jesus, it's Friday. Thank God. Fucking weekend's here. <laughs> so I'm like, I have a, I have a Friday tally. That's just like, oh, Jesus, thank God. It's Friday tally. And then America, like last week, I had 40 conversations about the fact that it's Friday. I was like, please tell like, me you had a different answer for every day, every time. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I was like, do you think I don't know it's Friday? I was like, I'm rostered on to be here at this time on this day. I know well what fucking day it is. I was like, I don't need this conversation. I was like, fucking tell me your dog learned how to do backflips or something exciting. Not this fucking, it's Friday. I know, man. I know. Gotta get down on Friday. Yeah. Oh, man. Looking forward to the weekend. Weekend. Um, but Dylan, you mentioned there uh, that, like, look, this hasn't been something that you dreamed of ever since you came out the womb, since I yeah. came out my mom. <laughs> um, but, but is it true that your dad was very musical? Is that right? My dad still is. Um, he plays in a band nearly every weekend. So even though you maybe didn't dream of it yourself, like, from a very early age, do you think, would he have had like a strong influence on you would he have been encouraging you to and you were just like nah it's oh. not for me or like how how did that work um uh yeah absolutely like I, I there's never a time when I'm not surrounded by music um like I have a I have a younger sister now and she's learning how to play, play piano and now because she's playing piano I have a 32 year old sister who's learning how to play piano so everyone in the family kind of does something um by my mom but she's really creative which the others are not she's so it's kind of like I kind of take both sides um I growing up I was always more my mom I was always more the artsy side like my first job that I ever wanted to do was being a comic book illustrator I remember that from being like four or five getting like pages and making comic book panels and drawing my own superheroes and all this kind of stuff and making my own stories up so that was the first thing and then I wanted to be a filmmaker because I, I just went through a period there when I was like 12 or 13 where I just filmed everything and loved filming things I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna make movies and then and then I was like oh, I better get realistic 
I'm going to be a teacher. <laughs> Ugh, we hate teachers. <laughs> and then, and then I realized <laughs> Marie is a teacher. <laughs> oh my god! What am I doing in my life? Sorry, then, then I realized to be a teacher, you needed to actually know about certain topics and get leaving cert points. And then I decided on music, and that's where I've just landed myself here now. Um, so, pretty good place to land. Yeah, I'm with your talent. Oh, thank you. But with that, with that, it's like. Um, yeah, it's it's I suppose it has been a huge influence. Now, my type of music and his type of music are completely different things. But, you know, it's kind of it's very hard to escape when someone is constantly banging drums around your house. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think as well, he's been performing for 30 years. And I think how I perform is a lot like him. He's just a fucking ball of energy. Like if you see him on stage, he's like a he's a freak. He's a freak. <laughs> like, I've never seen a man who gets progressively better as he gets drunker. He's a machine. <laughs> uh, I aspire to be like my dad as a musician, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think I do think he had a, a big influence. And even now, like he came to Fontaine's with me and my mates last night, do you know, and it's just it's actually really nice to spend a night with him at a gig, do you know. That's so lovely. that's so nice that you have that to bond with him, Aubrey. Yeah. And like, do, do, do you know what? Like, I'll be very open here for a minute, but he was very sick for a few years. And to be honest, we didn't, we didn't know what the outcome would be. And I, I mean, you know, the relationship between myself and him, it's not, not that it was ever bad, but you know, it kind of gets like twisted sometimes. And when I came off stage in Dolan's a few weeks ago, he was the first person I found. And I just started crying, giving him a hug. And like, I actually have it on video and I can't stop watching it over the last few weeks. It's just one of those lovely things. So like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's where it's at at the moment. Kind of like, it's really good. And I can safely say that my dad has been a big influence on me and that I don't think that's ever going to change. If we were to like chat to you again now in like two years, three years, what, what do you think you would like to have achieved at that point? But what like what's your goal for the future? Or do you think like is there something that's a milestone that you'd love to say? Uh there's one in particular, and I say it all the time. Um, but it would be to headline Dolan's warehouse. Um now it's I like I know some people would probably listen to that and go, Jesus, that's not one of those mad fucking, you know, the three arena and stuff. But like I, I like first of all, I like to be kind of realistic. Because you have to be, you know. Yeah. We we live on Earth and fucking. We do. We do. Yeah. Can't believe what? that, man. I'm on like, the moon. I feel like so many people <laughs> actually get lost when thinking about dreams and stuff. They're like, I, you know, you have to be some bit realistic. And you know, if it happened, would I say no? Absolutely not. Great, but I'm not going to get bogged down if I don't play the three arena in three years' time. Do you know those things take a long time, though? A do you long, know? and I've learned that I've only playing feck all, and I've been at this for six, seven years now. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I'm only starting to get a small bit of recognition, and I, I mean, small bit of recognition, and it's taken me so long. So, like, I, I, I do kind of ground my expectations, but um, to headline Dolan's Warehouse would be my first kind of goal to pass um i really want a headline show next year i really i really want to try get to the point where i can have my own headline show and have a good crowd at it um but dolan's was the first place the warehouse was the first place i ever went to a gig and i i also that's one of the times 
that kind of sparked the interest in me. Do you know, it's like you see it for the first time and you're like, wow, this is cool. It was Hudson Taylor and I love Hudson Taylor. So um, seeing them in the warehouse and I remember coming home that day as a like, what was I, 16, 17 at the time being like, I'm going to play there. So I think even even now, I, I have played there and it was amazing, but I want my own show and I, I really, really think it is within my grasp in an, in the future I'm not going to say near future but in the future it's within my grasp and I think that's my realistic goal so yeah yeah Dolan's Warehouse yeah I love that shoot place. for the moon and you'll land among the stars it was that Barry White as well was it it was yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> baby. a rather inspirational figure that Barry White fella is you know what Dylan, you're my first, you're my last, you're my everything. Oh, <laughs> God. I've just been hit with it. <laughs> don't tell your fiance that. Yeah, you might want to put that ring away. I don't want to do it two nights in a row now. Fucking taking them away. Anyway, we are going to move on. We're going to move on, right? As if things haven't been silly enough already. Yeah. We're going to move on to our... I've been buzzing for this part. Our famous game. Our world-class game. Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show's game. Seriously silly. Uh, So I presume you know what this is about. Oh, I do. Uh, Because you're an avid listener to the podcast, aren't you? But in this game, game you have to answer three questions and you get to pick whether they're serious or silly. So you have to pick one of each. It can be like a serious first, a silly next or whatever. And then the last one is one of your choice. All right? So what are you going to go for first? Oh, we're going to start off with a silly one, of course. Okay, silly. I'm going to take go this one. I'm going to take this one. So for this question, we need a bit of context for listeners. Dylan hates bounty bears. <laughs> Dylan absolutely hates bounty bears. Okay, so we'll get to that in a second. So it's a would you rather. So Dylan, would you rather stay at your current level of success as an artist and the world be rid of bounty bears forever or rise to the highest level of fame that you've ever dreamed of but you have to eat one bounty bar with every meal <laughs> and explain right oh my god <laughs> we're oh, gonna this... really find out how much he hates him. you know i quite enjoy my life how it is now you know i've i've, I've never dreamt about being this mega superstar i really haven't so you're just gonna give up like that Dylan. <laughs> And as much as I hate bounties, I mean, I hate them with a passion, right? <laughs> but oh, I'd probably have to go for the oh, the latter option and eat a bounty with every meal. You oh, sell out. Oh, you turncoat. Oh, you fucker. I mean, I do want to play the fucking warehouse. <laughs> he might have to eat a bounty bar or two to get there. Oh, could you imagine that? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's like an I'm... It's, it, actually, I'd rather go do a Bush Tucker trial and I'm a celeb than fucking... <laughs> give me fucking crocodile dick over fucking bounty bears any day. <laughs> uh, also, oh for, for, for context, at, uh, at the gig that Dylan was supporting with Modern Love, <laughs> he obviously puts on his social media a lot that uh, he hates bounty bears and he despises them and all that. So while he was at the gig, I got into the middle of the crowd and in between songs, I just kind of like held it up and I knew he'd see it. <laughs> so he was in the middle of time, he's like, nah, nah. what the fuck is that? Yeah. So, <laughs> and everyone just turned around. So I just like 
I'm going to actually add a little bit to that, right? So I had seen it earlier and it was during the third song of my set. And uh, I was so focused on the bounty bear and how I was going to respond to that. I forgot the first verse to my song. right? (laughs) And I only realized it because I could hear my backing vocals singing a different verse and I copped it. Now, no, no, no one's heard the song before, so I got away with it. Right. But I actually have the video of me going, uh, Oi, you over there. I was like, I forgot the fucking <laughs> words to my song because of you holding up that thing, you fucking dick. And then, uh, first thing is, he knows my name, but he says, Hey, you over there. Yeah. I didn't want people <laughs> thinking it was one of those pre planned things. Oh, fair. Oh, yeah. Like a publicity stunt. Yeah. No, fuck that. Like, I was yeah, like, fair. I do know who you are, but I was like, I'm not going to call you green. Like, one of my <laughs> mates was going mental at the front, one of my best mates. And I was like, Oh, you look like you're having a good time. I was like, <laughs> His name's Liam, but yeah, it was. It's, it's just you. Fair, you know? fair point. Fair point. So, um, so yeah. yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna you don't hate him that much. You're gonna eat a bounty bear for all the success. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so your next question is obviously going to be a serious one. So you get a choice after that. So Maria, do you want to take that one? Yes. Okay. So we did already speak about your passion for photography. Mm. So, in all seriousness. Is there a place in the world, like a landscape or whatever, that you would love to travel to that you could photograph with like the best camera? Where where, where would you like to photograph the most? Japan. Tokyo. Right. Um, this is another weird thing. I'm obsessed with Japan. They are the most remarkable people on this planet. They're so kind. They really care and look after each other and they fuck. They're just so cool. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I I'm actually going to say Japan. And that's actually a pretty easy answer. I think Tokyo would be a sick place to photograph. Amazing. Okay. Lovely. OK, so you've answered a city. You've answered a series. So now it's dealer's choice. What would you like a series or a city? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to flip a coin. Ooh, we've never had somebody flip a coin. Right. We've never had somebody leave, go- <laughs> leave it up to the gun. You're actually, actually a very successful musician. <laughs> Ooh, um, everyone has card these days. <laughs> you're leaving oh, it up to the you're leaving it up to the gods here. Can I flip on a card and see if it's, <laughs> um right. If it's heads, I'll go for the for the serious. Heads serious. is serious. I thought that too. And yeah. tails. Because I think of a little waggly tail. <laughs> All right, let's go. Because heads Whoa. is serious. Tails. <laughs> So it's a silly. silly question. Silly question. Okay, Maria, we'll let you off with that one. Too. Okay. Uh, right. Again, you did kind of touch on this earlier, but out of all the tallies that you've done, yeah, and all the customers that you have encountered, uh, what is the most annoying thing that a customer could say or that has said to you in the shop? Or done. <sighs> oh. There's too many. There's too many, right? There's there's two that pop to my mind straight away. One one is actually as me as the customer, but when I'm serving someone, right? This is this. There's a fucked up story behind this. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, firstly, do you know what does my head in? Is if I'm serving someone, there's two things. First of all, if they're on their phone, right? You don't, Fair. right? I completely understand how a person would be pissed off. It's instead of serving them, if I was on my phone. Right. Same goes other way around. If you're chatting to someone, don't expect me to give a fuck. I'm sorry. like, <laughs> But like, 
<laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you the time of day if you're just going to be straight. Like, it's so rude. It's so rude. Um, so that's that's one thing that really gets on my nerves. Um, the other thing is when a customer comes up, leaves something on the counter and then goes away for about 10 minutes to continue their shopping. Like, it's like they're trying to reserve. Oh, they're their- like, oh, they're marking their territory. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, get that fucking bottle off that counter there and take it with you until you're actually fucking does, does that happen a lot god you'd be shocked too much too much um, that's stupid yeah the, the, you know i just like i it really annoys me but that that's that's that that's that rant over anyway i hope <laughs> i answered those questions well enough for you yeah they were supposed to be quick fire but <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay we love it dylan we have come to our last segment of the day Yes. Which is, of course, the Off the Charts self-expression session. Express yourself. All right, Mary. Never. It's me next. Okay. Was that Barry White, is it? Sorry. So, in this segment, we invite the artists to perform their own rendition of a well-known song or piece of music from the world of TV, radio or film. So, it could be anything from... A radio jingle, an ad on TV, from the world of music, TV program. So, Dylan, what would you like to do for us today? I need to tune my guitar up quickly, but I am going to do the WiMAX song. Oh, my God. Yeah. I won't break it. I, I'm very yeah. tempted to break into it, but I won't because... By all means, do it. Give me two seconds. I'm going to grab this here. Yeah, you're on time. Right. I'm going to give this a fucking whack out. Have you got teenage kids at home? And they're always on the telephone Chatting with their friends and gaming online Well, imagine you're gonna be fine You gotta get Wamax Coming across the nation Imagine Wamax, the new sensation Wamax, next generation Faster, better, cheaper No land rental fee For more information, go to imagine.ie <laughs> Yes! <laughs> That was our interview with the very funny, very talented Dylan Jack. If you want to find out more about him, his Instagram handle is this is Dylan Jack, all one word. And as Maria previously alluded, Dylan is spelled T-Y-L-O-N. You can also find him on all uh, streaming platforms, uh, especially Spotify, under Dylan Jack. And if you would like to find out more about us, you can follow us on Instagram at Off The Charts Podcast and tune in every week to hear our fabulous episodes. Breen loves the word fabulous. And... <laughs> well, amazing is my word. They're amazing. And if you feel like sharing with friends, that would be much appreciated because we would love to increase our listenership from seven to eight people. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to get to that 180 episode just so we can play that song. 180! Let's get to 180 listeners, 180 episodes. It'll let's take just... us 180 years. <laughs> but let's just go seven. <laughs> Lucky number seven, seven. seven. Now, guys, thank you so much. This has been episode seven. Take care now. Bye-bye then.